0: Pod Pod Diva Hello, hello, this is Rachel Shelley and yes, Pod Diva is officially on their summer holidays maybe you can hear the sea lapping in the background there but I just wanted to say hi to stay connected and send you one of my fave episodes just to keep in touch Today, a throwback to the comedian Rosie Jones, who's currently featuring on her own Channel 4 documentary Pod Diva
2: Hello Pod Diva listener, I'm Roxy i and the editor of Diva magazine and for this week's episode we have such a treat in store for you. I interviewed stand-up comedian, actor, author and outrageous flirt Rosie Jones for the cover of Diva's January Queer Joy issue. Rosie is a proud disabled lesbian, she has cerebral palsy, which affects her speech and mobility. And in this conversation, we talk about the life-changing power of representation. Rosie shares her coming out story and things get really juicy when Rosie opens up about her dating life. I hope this episode brings you a fabulous dose of queer joy. So have a listen and then go and grab a copy of the January issue of Diva. Hi, Rosie.
3: Hello,
2: how are you? I'm so good, Rosie. I'm Roxy from Diva. It's so great to meet you.
3: Oh, my God. I can't believe how glamorous she looked at (laughs) 10am. Well,
2: I had a date with
3: Rosie Jones. I had to make an effort. I mean, it's already down to a great star. I've made the effort to wash my hair, so that's a good start. But I've run out of time to properly dry it, so. So far, I'm having rally.
2: <laughs> oh honey, I love that we are flirting right from the start, by the way, Rosie. <sighs> I mean, I think you're working the kind of just got out of bed. Oh hey, honey, did we have
3: a call? <laughs> I love it. You look great. So two more things. And got a call. Which I know is a hundred percent not COVID because I've had those swabs twice a day this week, so it has not everywhere. That's why, <laughs> and I um. Sorry. And last thing before I stop being so shit is my room might sound a bit echoey because I just I bought a new place. Hello. Hello. I know, but I currently have shit all in it, like nothing. So I'm in a big hollowy, echoey room and for that I am sorry. But also, I just looked in that I bought a flat show.
2: You did. You're looking even more attractive, Rosie. A homeowner in London? Get in. I, I know. You. I
3: know. I bought in the only just affordable place, Wolfenstow. Very good. Congratulations. Thank you. It's like having my own baby and that whenever I leave it, i don't. and going to come back and it's on fire. Like, like I don't trust myself to own the for. No, well, I do. I do.
2: You do. That's amazing. That's so good. I mean, you own your own flat, you're having an amazing career, and you're on the cover of Diva magazine, Rosie. You're winning at life.
3: That was a great segue. And really, uh, oh my god, we shall get married on that. I play alone, um, yet yeah, Honestly, growing up as a closeted little gay, little gay lady, every time I try to I get seen at first. Like, that looks so cool. And the the people on the cover were always so cool and attractive and successful. And to be able to be on the cover and be a bit like... How how did they run out of cool, attractive, so people and then they thought ah, well I'm
2: <laughs> not at all, not at all. We I really wanted to do like a queer joy. Issue for January to beat the January Blues, and honestly, you're my first choice. Who's more queer and joyful? Who's better for the cover of that issue than you?
3: Thank you so much. Yeah, it when I got the email as good because as a gay woman in the media, it's just a massive honour and a milestone to be on the cover. So yeah, I'm going to go around buying every single copy I can.
2: Do it. Go for it, Rosie. Then you'll be the sellout cover star because you'll have bought all the issues. Yeah. Even better. <laughs>
3: no, right. That's my
2: oh it's so great to speak to you Rosie honestly I'm such a fan look at us flirting away I'm such a fan Rosie you're absolutely awesome and I've been doing like you know a deep dive a deep Rosie Jones dive listening to all your interviews watching all your stuff and it's been a pleasure and a privilege gosh you are
3: awesome You know, everything I say on TV and interviews, it's all true, like, I'm so happy to be doing what I'm doing. I do still pinch myself, and I can't believe that it's literally my job to make people laugh. It's a dream. It is, it's
2: absolutely dreamy. Were you, what were you like as a kid, Rosie, growing up in Bridlington, a fellow Yorkshire lass? Were you always very funny? Were you always a performer?
3: Where are you from? I'm from Leeds. Hey, but... White shorts, and these shorts, there's, there's a rival.
2: There is. It's a bit Romeo and Juliet suddenly, yeah. isn't it? Yeah.
3: We'll, we'll make it work. We'll patch it out with our parents <laughs> and be? we'll make it work. Yeah, personality-wise... Growing up, I cannot stress to you how similar I am now. Like, my personality has not changed from being full, like... I was a celebrity of my primary school. Everybody knew me, and then they got bullied, and I always had friends, but I always preferred the company of adults in that I thought I was too good for kids. Like I, even from being four, five, six, I was like, why would I go outside where it's cold and run around for no reason? When I can sit inside, have a cup of tea, and just have a lovely chat with my teacher's assistant. I always loved making people laugh. Unfortunately, I was one of those annoying people who used to talk all the time and the teachers would be like, Rosie, um, have you done your work? And i go, yeah, yeah. Because that was annoyingly quick. it. So I put my head down, get all the work done, and then just chatted it from people. I loved school so much, but in terms of sexuality, that came a lot later. And I think it's because I was already disabled, so I already stood out. Everyone knew me as Oh Rosie, the happy disabled. In hindsight, I didn't know how I could be Rosie, the happy disabled one, who was also very gay. Like that felt too much for my um, for myself. But secondly, for my little seaside, small-minded town. So although I didn't come out till I was 26, 27, growing up it was never, ever, ever Boo-hoo was me. I'm, I'm gay, but I can't tell anyone. It was literally like, oh, I really like her face. Oh, I really like to kiss her. What does that mean? Oh, I don't know. Let's deal with that. Next week, let's just eat some shepherd's pie.
1: Like, it
3: was very much like a am thoughts, but I bloody deal with it later.
2: And what was it that made you finally deal with those thoughts?
3: Ah. Oh. I uh, moved to London and fell in love with a straight girl. Even then, I was like, oh, I'm straight, but she, she's an exception, and we'll get married and oh." She never had a partner either, so again, I had so much other things to deal with in terms of moving to London, getting a new job, making new friends, that I thought, yeah, She's in love with me, I'm in love with her, but we will address the feelings in about five years. Easy. And then five years came around, and she got a boyfriend, and uh, that broke my heart. But it was really the push I needed to go. Wait a minute. I've been putting all my lesbian thoughts and feelings into her. I've been going, oh, I really fancy Eva Mendes. But because she looks a bit like her, whereas when the girl got a boyfriend, I was like, oh, no way, I do actually fancy Eva Mendes and her and her and her. I think it's a journey that a lot of people go through. But I thought I was bisexual. And then one day my friend said to me, just tell me one guy you've ever fancied. And then I went, oh, um, 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 <laughs> uh, well, that's a, um, gay, um, gay. So it was a slow process, but yeah, classic. Got my heart broken, and then what I like, shit I need to tackle this head on? And yet yeah, I came out to friends and family when I was 27, which is only four years ago. But I tell you, I've. Never been happier, and I'm so grateful and glad that I can be my true authentic self. It's amazing.
2: It is. It's really amazing, sweetheart. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's lovely. I'm sorry you got your heart broken.
3: It is the story of my life that I'm just the most romantic person in the world, like to my own detriment, that I just fall in love so quickly, usually with friends, and then I to get so scared that I'm like, OK, I won't tell them and I'll be secretly in love with them for about five years. It's really bad. <laughs>
2: I think a lot of us do this. A lot of, especially like gay women, by women. A lot of us fall for our
3: friends. That's a million things that I love about being gay. Mm. But one of my favorite things is just that emotional connection you get when it's two women and. I do think you can find that in a heterosexual relationship. But yeah, for me, when you get two women together, the emotions are crazy high, which can be dangerous. But it can also be
2: so powerful. And yeah, I love it. Good. And you must be, now Rosie, like, being this super successful comedian, you must be surely raking the girls in. Like, does this make you a big hit with the ladies?
3: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a word. Yeah. And I love it. And it it's really flattering But I, I do find it a little bit weird. I did take it recently. It was a good gig. I did all right. And I came off stage. Five girls were lining up to give me their number. And that, before comedy, never happened. I don't know how I feel about it. Because when I'm on stage, I am absolutely myself. But it is a version of myself and probably a bit more arrogant, a bit more cocky, a bit more confident and very sexual on stage and I worry that they want to date that and not the person who comes home is crazy excited to open a packet of hula hoops, get in bed and play some Candy Crush because I feel like they want to take their performer and maybe not that basically I'm worried that I'm a little bit boring in real life and people will be like oh All she does is read. It's funny to think of, like, a great to get attention, but I don't know if it's genuine.
2: You are very confident and very horny and very outspoken on stage, which is fantastic and we love it. But obviously, you've got, you know, other sides to you. But I would say this like, as a lesbian, nothing I love more than, like, you know, getting in bed with some hula hoops and a lovely girlfriend.
3: Like, <laughs> you know, we'd like that as well. Oh, baby, don't worry, shut
2: Oh, my goodness.
3: Yeah, it's in. Dating apps are also interesting as dictating that. But basically, if you're in your late 20s or early 30s in London and you're a gay, bi, queer woman, You know who I am. So (laughs) I go on dating apps. I like all my matches. I like, oh my God. (laughs) And I did a TV show, and all five girls were like, oh my God. I love you, I'm watching you on my TV, you're so great. And then my friend touched me and said, I'm watching you on TV, you're actually quite shit. <laughs> and I love you. Because that's what I need from a girlfriend. I just want to be told that I'm a little bit shit and I'm a love.
2: Little... Okay, so we can give this tip to all the diva readers who are on Hinge, who are on the apps, who are queuing up at your gigs. You yeah. just like Rosie, you're great and everything, but. Little bit (laughs) shit. Yeah,
3: you know what? That's a problem with me, but all I need is a little bit of nagging, and I am yours. You should try and fix that, love, because that's not good
2: <laughs> to be looking for a woman who's going to be mean to you, love. You're fantastic. You should have someone who treats you well. But, okay, I can see maybe there's an appeal there. Okay.
3: Whoa, we'll dear deal with it at the next therapy Oh It's with
2: Rosie, I feel like I'm using all of our interview time just basically to ask you about your love life. <laughs> we set the,
3: tone at the
2: So I'd love to ask you as well, Rosie. So something that's so fabulous, among the many fabulous things about you, that we don't often see in the media, like a disabled woman, a disabled gay woman, being open about her sexuality, being open about, you know, having sexual appetites, fancying people, like so often it's this desexualized portrayal. What do you think about that, about the way that people are portrayed in media?
3: Yeah, I, I wear my hat on my sleeve and I know that there's a in terms of my love life and my sex life. And <laughs> sometimes I do think of me as a short talk because actually at disappoint point my mum and my nana probably they were a bit too much. But actually, for me, growing up, I never saw anyone disabled on screen. On a few occasions, they were victims or they were angelic creatures and no point were they people who had partners who had sexual desires um, who were pricks so I remember literally googling it uh, can you be disabled and gay? Because because I have never seen it. So when I became a comedian and when I got a platform, it was so important for me to talk about having sexual desires and going on dates and having my heart broken and probably being addicted to other girls because I am disabled. But like everyone else, I am flawed, I have sexual desires, and I just want people to know that just because a person is disabled, it doesn't mean that not. A human being.
2: Definitely. Well said. Absolutely agree. And that seems to be like a theme in your work is that you're providing in a really hilarious, gorgeous, authentic way the representation that we haven't seen enough of, and that when you were growing up you didn't get to see.
3: That shit. That shit. I really wish. There have been somebody on TV when I was growing up, but I could go. Oh thank you. Oh that's like me and thinking if I had had that kind of representation. I definitely would have come out a lot earlier. So yeah, if I can help one person to be the true authentic self they are, I'll be happy.
2: Very, very, very good. Oh, Rosie, I just fall more and more, more and more at your feet, but you don't even like that. You like girls who (laughs) who make you. I've I've blown it.
3: I like it. I like it.
2: Oh, my goodness. So something else that's amazing that I've got to talk to you about is the fact that not only are you funny, but you... You go on things like Bloody Question Time and you talk about real serious things. How did you feel going to such a serious arena compared to normally, obviously, you're doing comedy, which is a very different environment?
3: It's tricky and it's an ongoing process because when I started comedy, I was aware that I was one of the few disabled comedians out there. And I thought that people would expect me to talk on behalf mm. of disabled people. And I never wanted that. I always speak for myself. I think it would be very wrong and arrogant of me to go out there and go, here's the consensus Mm. of all disabled people everywhere. Every single disabled person is different. I always say I only speak for my child.
1: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.
3: But, um, I think when you get a platform and a following, it it changes slightly. And although I still don't talk for all disabled people, I am now aware that I've got a lot of people listening and certainly during the pandemic I don't feel like anybody was speaking for disabled people and we were being ignored and overlooked my society when the opportunity to do questions a arose, I felt like it was a great chance to be like, right, I need you to know how hard it is. It's so important for me to not only tell jokes about dating and my boobs and how boring my parents are, it's just as important to make a difference and make society a better place. What is so good about my job right now is I don't need to choose whether I'm a comedian or a campaigner. Mm. I can do both at the same time. That is so so important to me.
2: you do it absolutely beautifully so Rosie my love sometimes because you do go on tv you do go on stage and you talk about these things which is really brilliant that you're doing that you get some horrible people being awful on the internet trolling like how do you feel about that element of it all and the online trolls
3: unfortunately I think it comes with their job, Mm. and unfortunately, even out of the online world, if I walk up the street, people will verbally abuse me, even now. Mm. so the fact that I get able to turn homophobic abuse in the real world is no surprise that on social media. That is a hundred times worse because she got the anonymity of people um, but with both real life and the online world you've got to believe that you're doing the right thing I am proud to be disabled I'm proud to be gay and I stand by all my political beliefs, so as long as you can say, have I done the right thing for me, you just got to ignore the tweets and the comments, because that is their partners and their prejudice. It is nothing to do with me.
2: A hundred percent Rosie, a hundred percent with you. Rosie, I'm aware that I'm monopolizing your time because I'm just enjoying our date so much. Oh, Rosie, Rosie, Rosie. (laughs) It's every time you do this that gets me when you lean into the camera. (laughs) Then I'm like, oh, Rosie. (laughs) Uh, Because you're the cover star for Diva's Queer Joy issue, I'd love to ask you a few questions just about things that bring you queer joy. So, Rosie, what is your favourite gay anthem?
3: I have a real good dancer. What, young what do you call young cat to run free can that be a a hundred percent I love this game of any you got when I'm in my kitchen dancing around. A young hearts run free, George, made
2: me feel free and alive. Oh, I love that song. I mean, Rosie, here I am, so much in common. Love a bit of disco, love a bit of young hearts run free, can't beat it.
3: Oh, Dixie, when are we getting married? <laughs>
2: Very soon, very soon. Um, what's your favourite swear word? Cunt.
3: <laughs> Obviously, for so many reasons. Mm. Firstly, it's the only word that still has that shock factor and then... Um, in my hour show, I do swear a lot, but every swear word is for a reason. I never swear for the sake of it. And in my hour show, I let myself have one cut because if you place that word at the perfect point <laughs> you can really grab the audience and yeah, they go did she really say that yeah she did being northern, mm. there's something beautiful about that Oh, oh, sound. I cannot stand a Londoner saying, it. I can't, no, no, you need that ground Oh, oh. That's what makes it amazing. Also, the cunt is the best thing in the world, so (laughs) it's a no-brainer.
2: It is. The power of a well-timed, earthy cunt. Lovely. Love it. Every time. Oh, my goodness. What is your favourite queer TV show or film?
3: So boring, but the L word. Of course it is. I remember watching it for the first time when I was a teenager so I would watch it and be like I don't know why I like this What <laughs> I do um, and I think since then I've watched it um, four times the whole way through when I've First watch day. I didn't fancy anyone until Carmen. Now that year we locked down and you know what. And now we're back. And now we're back, girl. So it's so funny how you my taste has changed, that I've become more confident in who I am.
2: Oh, I'm with you. Beck put her all the way. Yeah, she's my first lady. She's fantastic, isn't she? I
3: went from Carmen to Dana. Oh, Dana. I think it's been a great interview slash date.
0: (laughs) Pod Pod Diva. Diva. Thank you for listening to Pod Diva in association with Diva Magazine, the world's leading brand for LGBTQIA plus women and non-binary people. Every week we bring you new interviews from a vast range of fabulous people celebrating and amplifying the voices of the LGBTQIA community. Browse our extensive back catalogue of episodes to find your favourites from Jennifer Beals to Abby Jacobson. It's like one gorgeous glossy magazine in your ear. Please share, rate or review us. It really does help. You can find us on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can email me at editorial at diva-magazine.com. Pod Diva. Quiz for your ears. Pod Diva. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello?